Welcome to Cat Talk Radio with your host, Molly DeVos. Molly is a cat expert and certified feline training and behavior specialist. With her expertise and her guests, you'll learn how to interpret and control behavior issues with your cat, how to entertain and converse with them, and keep up on the latest feline news around the world. Now, here is Molly DeVos. Hello, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. I'm your host, Molly DeVos, and joined today by my handsome husband and co-host, Dewey Vaughn. Hi, my beautiful love, and hello to all those cat fans out there in the big cat world. It's greatly appreciated to be here today and be talking to you about some of these great things that Molly comes up with and some of the suggestions that come from our listeners. So we really appreciate it. So today, Molly, what are we going to be talking about? Well, since Valentine's Day is right around the corner, I thought we'd do a love theme, (laughs) how to get more cat love, because one of our favorite clients, the one who gave us those amazing peaches in Santa Fe, remember that? Yes. Well, he commented on a Facebook post I made asking, how do you get cats to share affection? And he said that their two cats gravitate more to him and his lap. And his wife would like more of the cat attention. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that happens in our house, too. All the kitties seem to like you better. Well, I pay a lot more attention to them than anyone else does. (laughs) So is that the answer? Whoever pays more attention uh, to them gets paid the attention back? Is that kind of the, the thought? Well, surprisingly, not necessarily. Well, that totally counters what you just said so i'm confused i know it's complex (laughs) (laughs) so unbundle complex for us so um are your do you have a bag of magic tricks which i think you do because you've told me stories (laughs) where people have said no my cat's shut down and you go into their home and you got a bag sitting there and the next thing you look over you're as you're talking with the the kitties owners, then next thing you know, the kitties are in the bag and they go, you, that never happens. That never happens. And so I think you do have a bag of tricks. <laughs> well, in that bag, in my consult bag, I carry a lot of catnip products. So that, uh, and, and catnip um, definitely is a cat attractant. And, you know, I can share some general things, um, but I also have to say that each cat is an individual and you sort of got to decipher what they want. So, okay. How do you do that? <laughs> well, when, when I meet a... Decipher this for me. <laughs> right. When I meet a strange cat, like in a shelter, I have to pay very, very close attention to the body language. And cats are very subtle about giving you signs of how they're feeling. You know, like in the shelter... We're dealing mostly with aggressive or shut down cats, and cats take body position. So generally, just the position of the body. When a cat is sitting in what we call a loaf with its feet underneath it, it is poised and tense, ready to pounce. When a cat has shifted its weight and it's laying kind of on its side, on its hip, it's more relaxed. How they're holding their whiskers is very 
you know, very important to how they're feeling because they have feelings in their whiskers. And not so much like if you cut their whiskers, they don't feel it, but they do have blood vessels that run in those whiskers and they move them around a lot. And they'll either hold them really close together and back, which tends to make them, you know, indicates that they're not feeling comfortable. You know, so there's lots and lots of subtle body language for you to be able to tell how a cat's feeling. So when I meet a strange cat, I pay really close attention to that. But with cats who live with you, you probably already have a good feeling for their personalities and what they're feeling. You know, um, it's interesting because I saw just recently you you kind of give the same class at the shelters, and I was uh, you had handed me a uh, document and it showed the positions of the cat and what you could really tell from each one of those positions. So mm-hmm. that that's very intriguing that 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 is there, and you teach this to a lot of people. So yeah, if a cat, it's called a. Well, it's called a, um, it's Kessler and Turner's cat stress score. And we, we rank cats stress from one to six. And that's what we use in the shelters when we're working with cats. And, uh, and if you want a copy of the Kessler and Turner cat stress score, email me, molly at cattalkradio.com and just ask me for the cat stress score. What Dewey's talking about with the little illustrations and definitions and I'll send it to you. Yeah, <laughs> that it, it's really cool. So if you want it, uh, be sure and ask her for it. So if a cat is more affectionate, do you pet it more? If it's shy, you give it more space. Is that kind of how that works? Is that well? Actually, all cats prefer more space than we're probably giving them. You know, they are control freaks, and you gotta think like a control freak to understand this. But they like to be the ones to initiate the attention and the physical contact. You know, like Pico rubbing into our hands, which is really nice. He's, he's loving that way, I think. Uh, if we leave them dangling or jumping up or bunting our legs, does that mean that they're being more affectionate and we should not give them space or give them space? Well, no. What? Uh, yeah. What you're what you're describing is exactly what I'm saying. It. You know, it. If you just leave your hand, if you present your hand, you know, and the cat rubs into you, but sometimes if I reach towards Pico to pet him, he'll pull away. But if I just present the back of my hand, he leans into it and he rubs on my hand with the side of his face. And you know, there's been scientific studies that support. The people who ignore cats get the more attention from them. And that's why cats tend to gravitate to the one person who's allergic to cats at your dinner parties. Remember those <laughs> dinner parties when we used to be able to have those with lots of people? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no kidding. You know, and, you know, lots of times we see that people are allergic to cats um, you know, can the, can the cat sense that person smells different or something or mm. vice versa? Is, can the people smell something different? Is The people don't smell the cats, silly. <laughs> well, <laughs> and you know what? Though. There's something that's picking up that allergy, you know, and maybe well, we don't know it. I don't know. People was... can be allergic to either dander or saliva or probably both in cats, but that doesn't have anything to do with how the cat acts. And while cats are 
very, very sensitive to smell. That's their strongest scent and, and, and why, how they really relate to the world and how they tell each other apart. But no, they can't smell. A person who is allergic to cats, I don't think smells different. It's all about the human's body language. That person who's allergic avoids eye contact with the cat and it makes other gestures of avoidance because they're afraid if they encourage that cat at all, if they look at them, that that cat might come over to them. So they're doing everything they can to like turn their body away from the cat. You know, they turn kind of sideways. They don't want to you know, be full on front in the cat and all those gestures actually a cat prefers. I also think it's probably the mind pictures that they're having, the person, not the cat, because it, it plays such an important role here. Animal communicators have always said that cats communicate with us, all animals communicate with us because they can see our mind pictures. And traditionally, we hold pictures in our head of what we fear the most. So if that person is allergic to cats, it's going to be thinking that cat's going to come over. I know it's going to come over and it's going to rub against me and it's going to get cat hair all over my clothes and I'm going to be sneezing in my dinner. I just know it is. And if cats are picking up on those mind pictures, then they're picking up on, oh, I should go over there and rub on that person. That's what they're wanting. And other people who want cat affection may be fearing that the cat's not affectionate to them. And so what they're picturing in their mind is being ignored. And the cat thinks, oh, that's what they want. So hold in your mind what you want the cat to do, not what you're fearing. Okay, so you counterintuitively ignore the cat if you want more affection. What else can you do? Prey play is a great way to bond with your cat if you're doing it properly, obviously. You know, prey play, so many people tell me, oh, I have a wand toy, but my cat doesn't like to play with it. And then I get it out and the cat just goes wild. And the people are like, oh, my God, why does he play with you? Well, it's because you have to think and act like the prey in how you're moving it. And then, you know, you move it a little bit and then you're still and you make it disappear around corners, and then you be patient. Most people aren't patient. They get too, you know, they get too anxious, and they go, well, the cat didn't just jump on it right away, so I'm going to pop it up in the air. I'm going to pop it in their face. I'm going to, like, make it go around the corner and just stand perfectly still, and that cat will go running around for it. He can't stand it when things go out of sight. I mean, the, the person who prey plays the most with the cat will get more affection. Okay, so, and prey play is another activity that doesn't really involve touching the cat. Interesting. Okay, Mm -hmm. so do cats just not like to be touched? Well, it's a very individual preference for, for each cat, of course, but in general, the species is solitary and may feel crowded if you pet too much or pet too hard or pet too fast. You know, I, I had someone, I was training in the cat room yesterday at the shelter, and uh, she's actually going to animal behavior college and needs to get to the course on where cats like to be pet because she's, you know, we've got this cat that's really shy and she's petting, you know, down its back, down its back, down its back, down its back really fast. And 
and that cat's tail started flipping and the tail, you know, a cat didn't like it. I, I find that respecting the cat's safe zones is so important. I always instruct people to present your hand, let the cat, you know, stop before, don't just go in and pet right away. Even if you know your cat, present your hand, give him three seconds to just smell your hand and see where it's been. That's respectful. And then pet the side of the face with the back of your fingers that gets that cat's F3 pheromones on you so you smell like them, which is what they're doing when they're bunting you and when Pico jumps up and rubs against our legs, he's putting that scent on us. And then once you've you've stroked the side of the face, the cheeks and under the chin, then go under the collar if they wear a collar, if they don't wear one, just around that collar area and then up around the ears. You know, and you can scratch them on top of the head if they like that. And spend very little of your petting time petting below the collar. Unless your cat is one of those cats that likes having that area right at the where their tail connects to their back. A lot of cats like to be pet there. And you can tell you run your hand down the full length of your cat's body. And if you get a rump raise and they, they push up on their feet to push into your hands, when you pet that area, then that's great. But make sure that it's still very light and gentle and isn't repeated too hard or too fast. Okay, so I think we got that. Don't pet like a dog. Don't yes. pet them <laughs> like a dog. <laughs> right, because a dog would appreciate pats and more aggressive petting and scratching, but a cat generally doesn't appreciate that. You know, I've heard you tell me several times that, you know, hey, that's what my cat likes. Yes, people say that all the time. I tell people, you know, don't don't pet your cat like that. Here's how you should pet your cat. And they go, but he likes it. And I think that's probably a story they're telling themselves. And they would find that their cats would be a lot more affectionate if they would respect cat boundaries. You know, and what about feeding? Because I notice, you know, when we feed cats, they're right there. Uh, are we increasing uh, the bond between us when we're feeding our cats? Yeah, absolutely. Cats will be much more affectionate to the person who feeds them. And maybe not affectionate, but trying to control that person with actions of affection, thinking that it will make them feed him more. <laughs> and, and that's another thing. Free feeding cats is clearly dry food and horrible for your cat, but it also robs you of that opportunity to bond with your cats multiple times a day. Okay, so I think I'm I'm going to recap a little bit here. So what I think, let me uh, just say that I have learned to let the cat pet you, essentially pet them gently and stay in areas they prefer, feed them, pray play with them, are there other things that uh, you can do to make them more affectionate to you <laughs> or me? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. In this case, to you. <laughs> yeah. Or me. <laughs> yeah. Clicker training is a great way to bond with your cat. It's kind of like prey play because it's, it's another interaction with the cat, but it's even more powerful because, again, that cat thinks it's controlling you. And this is a psychological difference between training dogs and training cats. When you train dogs, dogs will usually do the behavior and respond with those behaviors that you're rewarding for because it pleases you. And cats will do it 
for the treat, obviously, but they also quickly begin to think that they're training you. They're like, watch this. If I sit up, she gives me a treat, you know, and so they think it's all about them controlling you. Clicker training, awesome way to bond with your cats. Very powerful. Also playing games with them. Invent games to play with your cat, like hide and seek. You know, I teach all my cats how to hide and seek. I hide around corners, and when they come, I go, boo, and jump out, and then they begin to do it. They'll hide around corners when they see you coming, and they'll jump out at you. It's a really fun game to play. And we play treat toss. So we take treats. I teach them first with clicker training to come, and then I toss the treat, and they go and eat it, and then I do come back. I mean, treat toss is a, a great, you know, great game. And any game that says to them, I see you, I love you, and I want to engage with you without patting you on the head, you know. Some other things are scoop their litter box often and make sure that litter box is perfectly clean because cats are so fastidious. They like clean things and and all their things, they like all their things to be clean, like their water. So keep their water clean and feeding them good food, really providing all the resources they need. It does not go unnoticed or unappreciated. You know, bring home new toys, new cat tree, scratching posts. And, you know, of course, if you get a chance, start early when you get a kitten because that sensitive development period between three and seven weeks, what happens to that cat during that time, you know, produces a cat who is either uncomfortable or comfortable with human interaction and affection. Okay, these are all wonderful and great suggestions. I think I'm going to have to take over more feeding so I can get more love from yes, the kids. Yes, you are. I'm going to have to teach you how to click train. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. No, you need to come up, to one of up, my clicker training up. classes. And yeah, you no could kidding. start scooping the litter boxes too. <laughs> oh, I, I can get the love from that. Right. <laughs> I made so that one up just so you'd you start did, scooping the litter boxes. <laughs> and I'm going to say not, not. It's true. <laughs> so, you know what? Uh, we want to thank Doug for suggesting this topic. If Yes, and, thank and you. speak to everyone out there. If any of you have topic suggestions, please email those to molly at cattalkradio.com. She'd love to hear from you, and we'd love to have your suggestion And we love talking about topics that you're interested in because it makes it more interactive when you make suggestions. And it's easier. We're on, this is our 109th episode. And, you know, I feel like we've talked about everything, but all of our listeners come up with these great topic suggestions that I would never have thought of. And and it's fun to talk about them. So please, please do email those to me and find us on Facebook. It's Cat Behavior Solutions, Cat Talk Radio, and like us on Facebook. We want to see those Facebook page likes go up and follow us on Instagram too. We're there also. And check out the blog on the website. I post all kinds of cool stuff there as well. You know, and also to everyone listening, if you've learned something from one of our podcasts, consider sending us a gratuity donation. Any amount helps us keep the show on the air. And you know what? I have added, I've made that really easy for our listeners, by the way, because if you go to the store on our website, you'll see at the bottom of all the products, there's donation amounts. So you can just go to the store and click 
$5 or $10 or $500 if you're really big hearted. <laughs> you can easily make a, a donation there. Yes, and we do this for free as a free service to mm-hmm. you and to your kitty. There are no salaries paid here from Cat Behavior Solutions. This is all voluntary based to help you make it better or make life better between you and your kitty and create a better bond for you. And especially after this podcast, you should start looking at ways to feel more bonded. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep doing this as long as shelter Shelter euthanasia is is the the number number one cause cause of of death death in cats. (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, everyone. Until next time, keep calm and purr on. Yes, and goodbye, everybody. You can be a cat lifesaver by helping to keep us on the air. In the U.S., about 10 cats per hour are euthanized in shelters due to behavior issues. Through this educational radio show, behavior consultations, seminars, and articles, Cat Behavior Solutions intercepts cat behavior problems in the home, reducing the number of cats who are surrendered to shelters. Make a donation at catbehaviorsolutions.com. That's catbehaviorsolutions.com. Looking for products that address specific cat behavior issues? On our website, cattalkradio.com, you'll find things that will create enrichment in the environment for your cat. Toys that will reduce boredom, the world's best and safest nail clippers, and much more. All proceeds support our mission, reducing the number of cats surrendered to shelters. Stop by the site and pick up a few tips and tidbits for your cat today. Visit cattalkradio.com and look for The Behavior Shop. Thanks for tuning in to Cat Talk Radio. Please join your host, Molly DeVos, for another episode of the program on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now, go make a connection with your feline friend.